You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast. Westpacwire.com.au. I'm James Thornhill from Westpac Wire, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Jessica Hallett, who heads up digital strategy, innovation, and partnerships at Westpac's Consumer and Business Bank. Jess, thanks for joining me. Thank you, James. Good to be here. So, Jess, you've just been named among AFR Boss Magazine's Young Executives of the Year. Congratulations on that, first of all. Um, perhaps I can start by asking you, what do you put your success down to? Oh, well, so many things. No, not at all. No. I really think that success is a team sport. Uh, I, I feel very strongly that there's been lots of different things that have happened throughout the course of my career. Uh, but really for me, making sure that I'm working for really authentic and great leaders who inspire me and think differently and challenge the status quo, making sure I'm in a supportive workplace uh, that supports my, my life and the things that I want to do outside of work. I also think the success has come down to being quite bold and, and really working outside of the box. People like to uh, pigeonhole people and say, you're this or you're that. Um, but sort of you know, breaking that mould and, and doing what you really want to do at work. Now, as a woman rising through the ranks, what particular challenges have you come up against? And do you still think it's harder for women to progress than men? Yes. Yes, I do, uh, James. And then fundamentally, a lot of that comes down to genetics and, and, and being a woman and some of the things that we go through and, and the things that we do as women. But really, a tremendous amount of growth is needed for anybody, no matter if you're a woman or a man or however you identify. I think you have to do roles that that challenge you. I think you have to think about your steps quite carefully. And absolutely, as a woman, you do have to overcome biases. And there are lots of biases in the workplace. And some of them are obvious and some of them are less obvious. And you do have to work through those and be honest about those. And equally, thinking about how you lean into things that are potentially not your comfort zone, the things that you feel are out of your depth or too big for you or too scary for you. Uh, but I think when I reflect on my career over the last 15 years, we've done some amazing stuff for women uh, and particularly working at Westpac, there's some amazing uh frameworks and tools and resources in place to support working women, but there's really a lot to go uh, outside in the in the government, in, in Australia, uh, and, and working through that together is, is something I'll be very passionate about. Now, you mentioned getting out of your comfort zone was one of the key measures of, uh, of, of success or, you know, or that's really sort of challenged you in your career. And I'd like to delve a bit deeper into that uh, if I can. And, and can you talk us through you know, that and, and, and how your career has evolved over the years and how that willingness to constantly challenge yourself has, has helped you pr to progress? Yeah, I like to say that my career has had phases and I'm sure people can recognise themselves in some of these phases, uh, but I break it down into three. So I had the fun phase, so then I had the growth phase and then I've got what I've got now, which is the push phase. Uh, and all of them are very challenging and rewarding, uh, but in very different ways. So when it was really, really fun, I was junior. I didn't have a lot of accountability. I was discovering a lot. I had a lot of freedom to learn, uh, less responsibility, lots of hands-on doing. Uh, I was able to make lots of mistakes and they didn't have you know significant consequences. And that was a really great foundation for starting out. And it built my confidence and it gave me exposure. I said yes to everything. Uh, and that did include lots of big hours and, and those sorts of things. But you can do that at that stage of your life. And it was, it was really rewarding. 
For the growth phase, uh, for me, it was about tougher roles. Tougher roles, leaning into responsibility, making big decisions, managing more senior stakeholders, and really shifting from the volume of work that I do to the value of the work that I do. And once I'd done that, I found that I could find a really big difference in the work and make a difference, uh, which then itself became very rewarding. And it can be a little bit tricky when you shift from the volume of work. I'm a very action-oriented person, my leader likes to tell me that, uh, but really when you look at the impact and the value, you do a little bit less, uh, but make a really big splash, uh, that was the big shift in that stage. And then finally where I am now, the push phase, um, I'm obviously raising a very young family. I have a toddler at home, I'm eight months pregnant as we record this today, and it's a lot. Um, my portfolio is very dynamic, it's very variable, no two days are the same. And and for me, I've had to be really clear on boundaries and knowing what I really prioritise as a mummy and what I really prioritise as a leader. And I think for me, not shying away from my responsibility and choosing my choices that I make around my work and my home life has been really important in this phase. Sure, certainly getting that, uh, that work-life balance right is a challenge that we, we all face. <laughs> yes. Um, so you know, you've been recognised as, as, as a leader um, by AFR and, and I'm, sure you, I'm sure your peers would, would, would go along with that. And I wonder from that perspective, what, what are the key attributes you think that go into making a great leader? And I know mental resilience is a big thing for you. Maybe you can talk a bit about that as well. Yeah, mental resilience. I like to say that that can be a superpower. Um, the ability to get yourself back up again when you've got knockbacks, to work through ambiguity, to, to back yourself when you're not sure and you're in a position where you have to, you know, make a bold decision or make a choice and really being strong in that through your own mental state is quite critical. So I, I think when I look at leaders that have been some of the best of the best, they've got some fairly common traits. So first of all, they tend to be quite curious people. So they're people that challenge by being curious and asking really constructive questions. They tend to be very authentic. Authenticity is extremely disarming. When you meet someone who's just genuinely themselves at work, they don't have to spend time pretending being someone else or putting energy into someone else and that can be really, really powerful. I also think that they're fantastic storytellers. They bring people on a journey, they make the impossible seem possible and they bring meaning to the work that we do. But I think one of the big, big ones is they are really, really smart. And I talk about this a bit. There's all different types of smart. Um, smart doesn't mean one thing. So making sure that we are tapping into our strengths and as a leader or as a leader of a team, making sure that you are tapping into people's smarts as well. I love the point about authenticity. Of course, it's, it sometimes takes bravery to be authentic in the workplace and uh, it's, it a, it's a great point. Um, let's talk now about mentors and then we all sort of need them. Um, interested to hear about the mentors you've come across or, or, or sort of adopted as you progress through your career and any particularly strong pieces of advice you've received from them? Yeah, uh, mentors being part of your tribe, I really highly recommend that to anyone who's coming up through the ranks and mentorship doesn't have to be formal, it can be informal. You can have buddies or you can have coaches and then you can have senior leaders who are mentoring you because they've been there before you. So tapping into your network and, and 
and finding that tribe is really important um, and making sure that that camp is set up for success and that you've got the right people to talk to about the right things. The best advice I've ever gotten from a mentor was about black and white thinking. It was quite early on in my career and it was about the fact that as you go through the complexity of seniority, you may not always have the perfect data or you may not always have the perfect information to make a decision and you have to make a decision. And so black and white thinking that something's very wrong or very right, of course that has applicability, but sometimes as a leader you've got to be able to work through that ambiguity and say I've done the best job that I can in that decision at that time with that information and put the right controls around it. And that was a bit of a game changer for me when I started less worrying about whether or my decision was right or wrong or if it was the best decision I could make at the time. Thanks, thanks Jess. Um, now you've worked in Singapore, Hong Kong, London, um, you know, real huge uh, uh, centres of your career. How did those experiences help you when you returned to, to come back and work in your in your home country in Australia? Uh, anyone who talks to me will know that I'm a big advocate for overseas experience. Uh, it, it definitely gets you out of your comfort zone. You get to learn new cultures, new nuances of creating change in very different countries to where you may have grown up. And it, it, it has fundamentally shaped me as a person. Uh, I'm an innately curious person in the sense that I'm very inquisitive about people. I love culture. I spend my evenings reading history.com.au because I'm fascinated by the way that the world was created. And so working across different countries and cultures and understanding motivations in the workplace has tapped into that innate sort of um, desire of mine to, to be close to different people and different ways of working. So that's been great. It also opened my eyes up to what's possible outside of the Australian market and seeing where we can learn from super centres like Hong Kong and Singapore and, and London. And when you're overseas and you're trying to continuously re-establish yourself and re-establish yourself in a new country, let alone in a new workplace, and you have to do that several times again and again, uh, you do get really good at starting again and creating impact and, and building relationships. And I think that that's been a great tool in the toolbox. Well, you've certainly had a very varied career over different geographies, cities and companies. Uh, and now we're delighted to have you at Westpac and, and very <laughs> lucky. Um, given you, when you reflect on your time at the bank, which is you know, still relatively short, what, what would you pinpoint as your sort of biggest achievement so far? Yes, I don't like to play favourites and certainly with a second child coming, I'll, I'll make sure I'm not playing favourites. Uh, but this job that I have at Westpac right now is the best job that I've ever had. Um, I'm very proud to work for a company that's got such a rich history and is making change and is generally very supportive for women in the workplace and, and for flexibility. I, I think it's a very bold role as well. Again, I stepped into a challenging space I was younger, I had less experience than a number of my peers. I was coming into a new function that hadn't been really established before. So it was quite a bold move for me. Um, and what I was really proud of is my ability to both learn the business and learn my colleagues and my stakeholders whilst delivering some impact. And I, I mentioned about volume versus value, but one of my most proudest achievements is if we take a step back and we look with our customers in our front 
forefront of our mind, one of the big deals I did in my very very early stage of my career with Westpac uh, was to bring our customers a partnership with the cashback platform called Shopback. So if you don't know Shopback yet, uh, definitely have a look. It's where you can get cashback on everyday purchases and as a Westpac cardholder, you get additional benefit. But it was really for me the ability to deliver that partnership with a new leader that I was working under. I had a new baby at home. I was in a new country. It was very daunting, but I felt that the purpose of that work and the purpose of the bank was so strong that I was in a safe place to just go for it. And really fundamentally, it's pretty cool to think that in this over 200 year old firm, we're still changing how we go about things and still chasing some big dreams. Sure, I mean, and of course you've got a very important role at the bank. Um, you know, it's digital offering is, is pretty key these days and, and it's you know facing tough competition. Um, so I wonder what you think the bank needs to do to stay ahead of that competition in terms of its digital offering to customers? Yeah, I think exactly what we're doing, James. Uh, focusing on a few things and doing them really, really well. Digitizing to our core so that we can be easy to do business with and keeping our customers at the heart of everything we do so that we can give our expertise to them, so we can advocate for them and the community, but making sure, making sure fundamentally that every step along the way of our transformation journey, that the customer is there front and centre. Sure, sure. So Jess, um, as a final thought, I'm interested to hear where you see yourself. Uh, I know we know, I think, what your immediate uh, horizon holds, but maybe <laughs> five, ten years down the track, where do you see yourself and, and your career? Yeah, it's definitely hard to see past the next two months um, with uh, a baby coming, a second, my second baby as well, and everyone tells me that that's quite the transition. Uh, so I'm kind of dreading slash looking forward to that. But for the next five, ten years for me, something that's become very apparent through the boss young executive process is it's going to take some planning. I've had a fairly organic career up until now. I've found roles that just really felt right and they've come to me at the right time. But I'll need to be more strategic and really think about my own development and when I want to go. And the best thing about working for a firm like Westpac is obviously there's a long runway here. There's lots of different things I could do. And I think one of the other things I've observed with the Young Executive Program, um, which has been really fantastic, is not to be shy of my own ambitions. So will I say that a CEO role might be in my future? Absolutely. I, I could see myself getting there. Uh, it's a while to get there, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it won't be tomorrow. Uh, but if I continue to double down on my core skills, find the right mentors, find great work, uh, I do hope I can get there. And, and beyond that, on my own career, I hope that I've made an impact in the workplace. So leaving the workplace better than I found it, but also bigger than the workplace. So as I mentioned, I'm very passionate about working mothers, um, a lot of our, our minority communities and how I can help and be out there and make an impact more broadly. Well, I certainly thinking, you know, given how far and fast you've risen so far, the sky is, is the limit uh, in the future. Um, Jess, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you again for your time and we wish you best of luck for your future. Thanks, James. Thanks, everyone. That's all from us today at Westpac Wire. For more, head to westpacwire.com.au.